Round by round, drink till you drown are the words the singer screams. And I drink a toast to the ghost of all the things I have seen. Cause we are all trying so hard to be all the things that we're not. Like pretty and smart and clever and hard when we're all just weak and lost. back to sin and I am at it again trying to let the demons win hello 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 welcome back to loon the pod and uh, I'm not I'm not feeling cute and funny and punny today so i'm just gonna kind of get into it uh uh brett's here at my apartment this this week and we're gonna talk about music and loon and him and um kind of the you know the stuff that we that's kind of become the 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 stuff we talk about on here which is trauma and things like that but uh i wanted to start out by talking about um i don't even know the the this is um friday night and um earlier today the kyle rittenhouse was found not guilty on all charges <clears throat> and um i i am i am not the best person to talk about it i'm not the best person to express feelings per se about it but i'm here with this mic so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of talk a little bit about what happened from from what i you know kind of what i i see it and what i'm thinking if if anything just to get it out of my head some more um if you haven't been keeping up on this kyle rittenhouse is a young man who uh, went into Wisconsin, uh, he, just over the border. He, he, um, or the state line, he, um, his mom drove him up there, um, during one of the uprisings after the police, uh, shot yet another black man. And the community up there was expressing their frustration and anger and Rittenhouse uh, was messaging with um, a bunch of chuckle fucks on the internet <laughs> um, who all got it into their heads that they needed to go out in the streets with their fucking body armor and their, their ARs. But yet he's not guilty. And <laughs> defend property. And so that's what he was doing. And in the course of that, uh, um, um, young, another young man, not quite as young as him, who had just been released from a mental hospital after having a severe uh, episode where he had he had tried to commit suicide. Um, got into it with him, 
and he, Kyle Rittenhouse, ended up shooting him. Then there was some running and some shouting and some stuff, and he shot another person. Then uh, yet another person um, pulled their weapon, because at this point he had shot two people, and Kyle then shot that man who survived but lost a large chunk of his bicep. Uh, The other two people died. Now... these were not perfect people. In fact, one of them had had a history of abuse, uh, child abuse himself. He had, he had, uh, molested some, some kids when he was younger, like in his late teens and was the product of a childhood where he had been molested in some foster homes that he had been in. And, I'm not going to defend that. I'm also going to tell you that I don't give a shit in the sense that Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have fucking been there. Yep. He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have had that fucking gun. And there's no coming back from killing. You know, the two people don't get to be better or do better or learn or change or grow or find help or make amends, they're dead. So that that catches us up to what happened, right? And so then the trial was just a whole bunch of bullshit with with a judge who went out of his way to stack everything in Kyle Rittenhouse's favor. And then the jury did what I thought they were going to do, and I'm, I'm not that smart. A lot of people thought they were it was going to go this way, and it did. And I don't know what to tell you person listening to this, and I don't even completely know what to feel myself. I know that it has been about four or five years now of running violence. And it feels like the violence is getting more often and more normalized. And more okay with people that I grew up with. So your white, middle class, upper middle class, Christian, right leaning. I mean, I use Christian with, you know, just assume scare quotes are there. But those folks are becoming more and more okay with violence mind you these are also the folks that violence shouldn't be the answer you know it should be the complete opposite of what they're doing but here we are and i mean 
in and this is this is where I um I get very I try to be very respectful and sensitive, but then also like I get what what you're saying and I don't disagree on on one level, but then I also know that the Christianity I was raised in was completely comfortable with violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of faiths and religions and, and philosophies can have surface level beliefs that are one thing and then in practice are very different. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean that there aren't tons of people that follow those religions and philosophies better or more correctly or, uh, in ways that I respect, but but white Christianity in America, you know, on a mainstream level, you know, evangelicals and and that they're like are are obviously. I don't even I don't even know the right words all the time because I I don't even I won't I don't even know what the what my I don't even know what I'm trying to communicate to, to to you folks listening other than this we have to be more of a community than ever and I believe this in my bones that the that there we're 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 in the middle of a very scary moment in our lifetimes there are lots of things and factors and reasons and stuff that would take me hours and hours and hours to mm-hmm. to kind of dig through and explain but but Kyle Rittenhouse being let off sends a very specific message to people who want to hurt people that are black and brown and queer and leftist and communist anarchist any if you're anything other than a, a white middle class evangelical christian they want to feel it's okay to hurt you not all of them but what does that matter when one of them or five of them or 10 of them does like all the ones that don't, don't mean much to me when there's Kyle Rittenhouse's out in the world. Yeah. So the thing that's crazy about that is for the longest time, you basically had these politicians and people who were, you know, either rich or some, some shape or form higher up in this, you know, hierarchy that we got going on in capitalist America. And basically they've been for years, you know, Hey, I can get away with this. I can get away with this. I can get away with this. And now that we're letting guys like Kyle Rittenhouse off, it's saying, Hey, if you're, you know, middle-class white American evangelical, you can get away with it too. 
no i yeah and and i yeah and that's what i'm saying is i think the message is getting louder i i do yeah. i i i definitely especially since we're both white you know cis dudes i should probably also state that like um if you are white like we are this is probably newer realization like this this fear of white violence is very new even if like like now i've i've been kind of on my own digging into this for four or five years now um that's nothing compared to being black or brown or or trans or queer in america you know especially i mean black in america is i'm just saying i i feel like this is a good time to mention that there is a whole group of of fellow americans fellow brothers and and sisters and and comrades and and non-binary friends that um are kind of like continually for the last few you know four or five years now are like no shit sherlock like yeah yeah, like, I guess, yeah. And and I think I, I say that to then come back to how I just want us all to be aware. You, person listening to this, take some time, if you have not already, to seek out some voices that don't look like you uh, if you're a white cis person and listen to them um oh and just at the very least just dwell on the fact that we've had two congress people um one senator one uh, well they might be both house of representatives but two republicans have already offered Kyle Rittenhouse a internship one of them has already said on a video um, to be to Kyle Kyle Rittenhouse was was innocent or was never guilty. Um, be armed. Be dangerous. Be moral. That's the exact quote. These are people that are are sitting in Congress and. I don't I don't have the answers. I'm not I don't know what to tell anyone. I don't know the right next steps. I don't know what the right feelings we should all be feeling. I know that I love my friends. I love my family. I love my community and I want the world to be better and I personally am more than willing to humble myself and listen to people smarter than me or that have a different perspective of me than me to get to that point I am willing to compromise up to a point with people who are not necessarily as far left as me and I'm I'm also willing to put my body in between people that would want to do harm to those people that I love 
and I don't mean that in a threatening way. I, I, I don't even, I don't, I'm not a violent person. I grew up in a violent place, having violence done to me daily for years and years and years. Um, and it, it's just not something that I do on purpose very well. So when I say I'm willing to put myself in between, it's just, just what I mean. I just, just physically put myself in between them and the people I care about. And I don't want it to come to that. I don't, I don't want to be here. I mean, if you have been to the few loon shows that we've had in the last few years, because it have been very few and far between, <laughs> or have, follow me online anywhere, or just have the, the misfortune of having seen me in public and gotten me talking at all, because inevitably I bring up... Getting some, you talking is not a hard thing to do. This is true. <laughs> it's very true. Um, and I'm not complaining. <laughs> I... I I I know that I know I know that it I can sound crazy or fearmongery but all I can tell you is that there is a lot of things happening around us all the time and they are loud and to ignore them is a privilege that some people do not have. And if you do have that privilege, I am asking you to choose to get rid of that and to pay attention. I'm not asking anybody to drive themselves into the ground. I am personally constantly trying to find a balance between Doing things, saying things, thinking things, and being healthy because it's hard. Yeah, I think giving up that privilege can be also very simple to a point of which you just choose to think about the people that are, you know, that are torn down, whether it's, you know, LGBTQ. L- I can't say it. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. Um, but also to any, especially us both being white men, giving up that privilege is as simple as helping provide a safe space for anyone who's simply just not us and who's under any sort of oppression that we're not. Because right. we live in middle America, the frickin' Bible Belt, where the white middle class male is kind of king. And I don't want to be a king. I mean, fuck that. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. no. You know, all those other people who've put up with our bullshit for fucking years should be. They're the ones that deserve it because, well, they went through the fucking torment, not me. You yeah. know, and I, and we'll get into it. I, I have my own trauma and own bullshit, and that's half the reason why I'm here. That's literally the whole entire point of Loon in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but being a white cis male, it's it's not hard to give up my privilege because it's just a matter of trying to provide a safe space for somebody else that doesn't have it. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll transition into the, into the music 
trauma stuff, which is not, I mean, we're going to, we're just going to go from one heavy, hard thing into a different one. That's how Loon does. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think what you're saying, like the, it's empathy. What, mm-hmm. what, what we're preaching is empathy. Absolutely. Practice putting yourself into other people's shoes. I was saying at the beginning of this week that I do have some empathy for Kyle Rittenhouse. I do. Because I also was a angry, hate-filled, white kid who had been fed right-wing extremism his entire life. And there is a world where I become him. So, that being said, I am not preaching uh, blanket empathy with no boundaries. It's not how anything works. That's not how anything should be. What I, My empathy stops... probably in that moment that he pulls that trigger because lots of things change once you make the choice to Mm -hmm. permanently end another person's existence so those those white pieces of shit that lynched amar aubrey down south are on trial right now the jury is still um deliberating in the civil case against the uh nazis that put on unite the right in charlottesville joe biden said that we need to trust the jury system uh, so I'm just gonna we're gonna this will be it. I promise this will be. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll we tra- could go back and forth about this for a while. We'll and- transition, <laughs> but uh, I will end with um. You know, it, it, we keep us safe. You, we can't wait oh. for a government or a, or an authority system or a hierarchy. We have to reach out to each other. We have mm-hmm. to be more of a family and more of a scene or more of a community than ever. That's where it starts. And that's where it ends. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, moving on to Loon and Loon stuff. Um, I know on the first uh, episode... Uh, we when we were doing the roundtable discussion, yeah. Um, you you had mentioned a little bit of your time out of state before you had moved back mm-hmm. and kind of gotten back into music, and about that first uh, acoustic show that you saw that I a solo show that I'd put on, and um, yeah, we can we can recap on that, yeah, real quick. yeah, and kind of like we'll use that as a way to transfer into kind of what loon 
me meant and then means and is maybe that's a good way to kind of transition into that kind of stuff it's actually that that lines up with so i was listening to the episode with kyle earlier today while i was working and so that whole entire scenario kind of brings into just all, all the thoughts i've had over the past like week since we've texted um so to start off and to recap from the first episode my first initial introduction to loon and to you as well because unfortunately unlike all of your other guests i didn't have the honor of (laughs) seeing you at hot topic you were gone because you and i are very much we you're at the beginning of kind of that music scene that got real big and i'm at the very tail end of it Uh, yeah i Um, i would i would even say that um so uh music scenes anywhere just go in cycles so i would argue uh i was at the beginning of the i i was kind of at the beginning of an of a new cycle mm-hmm. um w- you know that when i was in hot topic that yeah. that time but before that when i in my first band that was not great um which i don't think i i think i didn't give you like you no, neck, which i've is never great. heard them it's good it's fine and i was laughing about that while listening to the episode <laughs> with kyle because i was like man i got a bug south for one of those i want to hear it um Oh, well, I'll I'll let you, before you leave. I'll let you listen yes. to some of it. Um, <laughs> uh, that was that was right in the middle of of the the cycle boom before yeah. the the that one that we were talking about about the hot yep. topic days, where it was all like um, uh, sound and noise and Clark mm-hmm. and um, student Rick. Yeah. And, uh, so fun fact about Kate Rick, I don't know if you knew this or not. I think Nat was telling me yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So prior to, I, it's kind of here. I'll I'll lump this in. Give me a second. Here. Mm-hmm. So I first came back from. I lived in Vermont for a year, and then when I came back, I kind of wanted to get back into the music scene again, and you know I had heard about the well started going there and that's where i saw you and it was just you it was an acoustic um hadn't heard any of the stuff that you'd ever put out and i fell in love with it especially because at that point in time for me i was going through basically a period of mourning and loss and was just really down i was drinking heavily i was just i was struggling hard um and so i related because well, if you have any sort of trauma or any sort of hardship, you're going to relate to Loon and what you're saying. And um, So in the midst of that, it was kind of one of those things that like, man, I want to I want to get out there. I want to have a voice. You know, I love playing music. I, I was in band. I've played bass since I was, you know, 13. Um, and so I ended up and I'm trying to remember how I even met him. Um, oh God, this is a crazy story. I forgot about this. So I was trying to start a band with a buddy of mine, Brian, who I went to high school with and another kid, uh, his name was Dylan. And I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time. Cause I just moved back, didn't have a space to practice. And so I was looking for pretty much a space to rent. Um, and I was on Craigslist and found a, it was a dance studio that had like an extra room and I was going to rent out this extra room once a week 
for for us to practice and i don't even remember what style of music we had talked about doing or something i think i was on some sort of like synth pop kick or something it was just weird um um let you real quick uh so my heather my ex mm-hmm. um I, you guys can't see i just pointed upstairs because her, her and, and link and our pugs are all up there um i was kind of hoping you'd have cookie today yeah, he, he did such a terror i love cookie he did such a terrible I just love job the little pug snores at the end though <laughs> it was uh he he hated it so much last week um uh she got me into a whole bunch of music when we first started um seeing each other uh-huh. and one of them was division okay yeah and i i will never forget <clears throat> this is this is still just just a little prior to like itunes being everywhere like spotify all that stuff so i was still i think putting stuff on an ipod then yeah and um i remember or a zoom for yeah. those of you cool kids <laughs> i had cool one kids. for a little one and i loved it i thought it was so much better than an ipod and uh, then they yeah, died out. yeah we all we all if we you were an ipod person you you thought zooms are dumb and vice versa yeah uh i remember messaging sarah and going hey do you have any division <laughs> and she <laughs> she just immediately like like i am'd me back and was like the german synth pop band <laughs> question mark because sarah knows about every musical thing there is and and definitely like i mean so and it was the 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 implied thing was like um are you sure that's who you're person person that is preaches nothing but like roots americana (laughs) music germans and like yeah don't judge me that reminds me i have a tangent for later about murder by death but (laughs) let's let's Uh, wait but yeah, um, yeah, no, since that, re- I'm sorry, that just tickled yeah. me. I was like, oh, yeah, synth pop, yeah. Right. So I was trying to form this band, and I'm at home. I was living in their basement at the time. I'm literally sitting on my bed and, like, watching TV, looking, find it, call the number. Hey, this is uh, Brett. You know, I'm trying to rent out the space. How much is it? Blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, oh, wait what space like he didn't he had no idea what i was talking about at first well come to find out his wife was the one who like runs the dance studio and everything and she had put his phone number down for the contact and so once i explained to him he's like oh okay yeah that's my wife you know such and such he's like yeah it's this much blah 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 he's like wait so you're trying to start a band i'm like yeah i i am he's like what do you play i was like well i play bass he's like oh really he's like well my band needs a bass player i'm like oh okay i was like well what kind of music you guys playing he's like ah he's like well kind of like you know nirvana foo fighters s type stuff like the killers and i'm sitting here like oh okay like yeah this is bread and butter here like i love this stuff um and i mean the foo fighters alone the song one by one that was the first song i ever heard by them and like i just remember hearing that and then when it hits big like i remember being a kid picturing that in my brain of being on a stage all the lights coming on and like that was the minute i knew i wanted to play music for a living was because i could just see it in my head and i was like man that's a sweet feeling but so i get to talking to him he's like well why don't you come out and audition? I'm like, 
uh, okay. And I'm sitting here thinking like, man, what am I going to tell these other guys if I like this? Like, uh, well, I'll just go. I'll check it out. So I drive out there Thursday night. And um, I don't know why I remember that it was a Thursday night, but I do. So get out there. Him and I sit down. And we just hit it off. And he was like, yeah, you seem like, you know, you're, you're good. You definitely, you got the chops. And I was in that band for, God, I think it was almost two years. Well, come to find out he was the guitar player and student Rick, Brett Jones. And the funny thing was, is I'd completely missed student Rick yeah, because they were so early on in the scene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, so when I found that out, I was like, Oh, okay. And he's like, wait, you don't know who's student Rick? I'm like, no. He's like, we had a song on Dawson's Creek. I'm like, you did? They did. And which, come to find <laughs> out, like, he pretty much wrote most of that song, if I remember right, too. But the crazy thing is, is I ended up working in the same place as him for a while. I lived across the street from him. Like, I, he became a really good friend. And we're still good friends to this day. He lives down in Indy now, and we talk... And um, they got victoried so hard. Oh, they did. Well, there was, and I don't know how much he'd want me to say, but yeah, there was yeah, a lot of no, there's no inner band to... turmoil between him and a couple others, and just I mean, it like mm -hmm. any other pretty much victory band, it fell apart. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> it, you know it's um yeah everything leads back to rants about capitalism with me, right? Yep. Uh, it's that it's that capitalization Comes down of, to money. of art right like mm -hmm. it you have kids that just want to make art you know play music and you're convinced that you need to do it for a living you yeah. know and then you have like a scumbag like victory records you know mm -hmm. I always forget that dude's name because fuck him. He doesn't. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't deserve to even have his name said. Yeah, yeah. He sucks. It's, you know, uh, who just? I mean, two episodes wrote, ago, we've bashed it. <laughs> yeah, like just just these fucking terrible con, like obviously crooked contracts yeah. where where he's just fleecing kids that don't know any better who just yeah. want a record deal. They man. just want to play music for a living. Yeah, and it's it's um it's a bummer it's 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 one of those things that um i've only avoided because i i even you know way before even patrick was in loon just built this one different where just it's just we don't make money we yeah. give things away mm -hmm. we we're not we're like actively trying to be the opposite of like a fiscally responsible artistic <laughs> endeavor, you know, Hence like you just randomly dropping 50 bucks on, <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, <laughs> we have some money and somebody was doing a flesh and bone was doing a design. Stuff, I wasn't so even upset about it. I looked at him like, yeah, yeah cool. Was, I'm he, cool with it. He, he does such good stuff. He does. And, and he I really does. I was just like, Oh shit. I just it's, happened to be on Instagram and he's like, Hey, I'm doing an end of year sale. And yeah. For any listeners, out there you should definitely check his stuff out it's great he's done he did our last shirt yeah I like mean, it, four it, or five different pieces for us now and i've i've loved everything about them i think they're uh, great it's really um, well done yeah he um he and, and it's really it really fucks me up because like he's your age yeah and so like his musical tastes don't exactly line up to me but he's like fucking doing work for bit 
like he's done foo fighters shit mm-hmm. and like system of a down see and that makes me feel yeah. so rad that i'm like dude the dude that's doing yeah. stuff for them is done just, stuff for me yeah. that's so cool he just did a shirt for fucking fender that's cool <laughs> see and it's not even like the i'm trying to be cool factor it's just like man it makes me feel special too too because he gives a shit about the little guy yeah yeah well yeah because he 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 uh he's red he's very red and i say that knowing like just like selfishly that our polit his and i our politics are very similar if not like dead (laughs) dead on the same so yeah he's very cool so Um, i do have another quick side story about the whole student rick thing mm. um so you know the volume pedal on my pedal board Mm. and this i'm not gonna lie and i'm gonna be i'm gonna brag a little bit here because it's just i don't know i'm a little starstruck with this one so the volume pedal that i have he sold to me brett jones from student rick sold to me for 50 bucks and it's old i mean it's it's a boss lv50 i think um and it's it's a little ratchety it it doesn't do volume swells the best sometimes but and the reason I won't replace it with a newer pedal until the day it actually breaks and then it's just going on a shelf. That pedal used to be long to the guitarist from Taking Back Sunday. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. And they were, so they were on tour with Taking Back Sunday. And um, he pretty much, I think his volume pedal broke or something. And the guitarist just kind of like chucked it at him out of his bag. Here, I don't ever use this. You can just have it. And, that's cool then i ended up buying it for 50 bucks and after i bought it off of me told me that story i'm like i'm never getting rid of it like for a kid who grew up in the early 2000s listening to you know dare i say their name of brand new and taking back sunday in the same sentence but yeah you know i mean one of those bands did a lot of drugs and the other one tried to fuck teenagers yeah. so both uh, so i yeah. am i am i at different times in my life i would not have said this but i i am solidly on team taking back sunday yeah i, I am more down with drug I, use yeah than the there's other. definitely a little better on the one yeah. like the one is just self-punishment I, the other is i have i ew. haven't been able to listen to brand new for a year like since that came out i just can't i yeah. can't even I that's can't even that's just it. a hard road to go down yeah, that we yeah. probably and just I mean, avoid and uh those first two deja and tondo and mm-hmm. and uh, my favorite weapon or were two of my favorite records yeah. for a long time and and i i real quick just because i i think these are good things to point out when they come up about music that was big and that that was important to all of us at different times or or a lot of us in the scene um listen to listen to bands when they tell you who they are so when i look back and listen to the (laughs) lyrics off of the very first brand new record i'm like oh this motherfucker's toxic as fuck yeah literally is like pretty much his whole career sitting there saying hey i'm a piece of shit yeah and 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 then it comes out and people are like surprised and it's like guys listen to what the fuck he's saying to you like i get it the songs are good like it's well written the music the the musicianship of it is great but the person behind it is yeah, fucking garbage. awful. Yeah. Like, and it it sucks. It does because I know that band was a band that a lot of people related to. But now it's a band that we've all had to kind of move on from and and grow up from. Well, 
Maybe if you're at home and you're feeling sad right now because you had to move on from brand new, just know that. Listen alone. You had well. <laughs> you had to. Uh, you it's also, sad and relatable. You also needed to move on from that part of you that connected to that. Absolutely, because, yeah. Because. Like that's the other part of it too. Is the last mm-hmm. time I tried to listen to my favorite weapon, I was like, I just don't even like. I yeah. these are fucking like, these are such anti. Like how old am I? Female now? like lyrics, you know what I mean? Like just so aggressively, like you are pretty, and other people notice that you're pretty, and that pisses me off. And the it's like complete, get fucked. Yeah, the complete opposite of what we were talking about <laughs> when I walked in the yeah, room today. Yeah, yeah, just get, just get fucked, dude. Like, yeah. come on. Oh, but yeah so yeah um so the well was my first interaction with loon um and you and then you know i kind of got more into the music scene and started to see loon more but at that point i mean it was it was you and patrick because chad was kind of just gone for a while doing his own thing so you guys weren't really doing a lot i know you played a couple two-piece shows and then mm-hmm. i filled in a couple times um I think it was only like twice, and then it was just kind of like, yeah, you're in the band. We're yeah. not gonna say it, but you're in the band. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, hey, do you really want to like actually do this thing? And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I love this. Um, and I kind of, I felt a little bad at first because I do remember at one point, like I pretty much kind of told you, like, hey, your first two records kind of suck with all the extra shit. I think you should just do an acoustic album. <laughs> I remember when we had that conversation. And now I say this, and <laughs> South is actually in the process of recording an acoustic album. Yeah. But, and there was... So there was good reason for that, too. And there's also... And since we've had that conversation, I've kind of come back around to where I appreciate the way you recorded the first two albums. Um and it's actually funny. It's because I got into Murder by Death. Um, you know, so like you listeners, I've been following along with the episodes that I haven't been a part of. Um, and I've known South for, what, how many years now? Four or five, something yeah, like that. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't tell you how many times South has brought up Murder by Death. If you haven't listened to them, I suggest it. I just for some reason thought with the name it was some misfits type style band and just kind of wrote it off because i'm not into that stuff i literally i literally bought that first i said it in that that episode i bought that first record when i worked at hot topic because i was into fucking metal shit and i was like fucking murder by death and the album's called like the exorcist but with more break dancing fuck yeah this yeah, is gonna I know. be metal the name of that fuck. album is so good this is gonna be so fucking metal and then i put it on that first and i can't i can't tell you how quickly i turned it off really like not not in a, not even necessarily in a bad way just in a no no well, i don't know what <laughs> nope, that was not, not what i mm, that's like so no. that's literally like me and not being willing to go into hollister abercrombie to this day because <laughs> i i was so against it back in the day that now the older me is just like well i never did it then i'll never do it now yeah no but (laughs) but yeah they're they um they're yeah they're great they're yeah they're just great they just are they're just so uniquely so after listening to to that and to that album specifically i i realized really what you were going for with those first two albums and i was like man this makes like the prettiness behind it makes sense now 
because before when I had just heard you live, I'm like, man, this is raw and emotional and it's in your face. And, you know, it's these songs that are talking about how you feel and the trauma you've dealt with and how you feel like killing yourself because you feel like a piece of shit because you were treated like that. And so I'm like, man, that's much more, that's, that's much more raw. It's much more, you know, just there, there was something about it. I don't even know what the word is for it, but, um, so I didn't really understand it before. And now I kind of do, I kind of understand how it's, you know, and the more you guys have talked about it on the, the podcast too, about how it's these bar songs, but they're, they're happy and they're, they're bar songs as in i'm doing air quotes um as in you know these drinking songs but as patch to quote patrick in that first video you know being the straight edge kid he is he's sitting there going these are anti-drinking songs yeah and and there's so there's i i agree with everything that you're you're saying and then i will add with and I think if I remember, I tried to communicate this that first time that you brought it up because I wasn't mad. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't take offense to that kind of stuff. No. But um, I just, I've also, me personally, as a, as a musician, I just have always wanted to play rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And, and I do understand that there is a, I mean, of course, the stuff that I listen to personally, even, you know, different stuff that I've played in venues that I've played it in, there is something very special and very unique and very powerful about one human being with an acoustic instrument. Absolutely. Communicating stuff. Yeah. That being said, you know, you talked about hearing the Foo Fighters and like picturing Mm -hmm. yourself on stage. Like I had that same thing, but it was Nirvana and it was smells like teen spirit. And so, um, that's what I want to do. Like, like even if, even if, uh, even if it could be a stripped down acoustic thing in my head, I've always heard it with distortion and loud drums. And Mm -hmm. like when I've done that other stuff, it was only because I couldn't get people to do a full band with me. See, and this is why I'm excited, really, really excited about the new record that's going to come the, out. The new, the at new, the, some point, the, yeah, some, <laughs> some time before I die. I promise, I promise everyone. Um, n- no, I think we're, I think we're getting towards the end of the pandemic and I hope it, so. it's still very much here, but like, you know, ki- younger and younger kids can get vaccinated yeah. now. Uh, Pfizer just has that has that pill that just made it through the first part of the FED, F, FE, FEC. I don't fucking. I, my so, brain like, is so fried. You take a pill instead of getting a shot. Yeah, it, it, it's it, supposed it, to help with um, like if you get COVID, it's supposed to be a treatment. Oh, like, like, yeah, yeah. So and it's supposed to, and it's right now it's it's had some really like crazy good results when they when they've used it so you know it's that kind of that other side of if you have people that are vaccinated and then you also if you have a have a take it from a serious thing to a not serious thing with a treatment yeah even if you get it it's that that can really change stuff so all all that to say is i'm still writing stuff and we're like still it's still on my mind and and um 
I mean, we've talked we've talked about it some on this podcast a bunch, and and I love to, I want to talk about it more. It's it's one of the things that I think about the most is this next record of um. It it just it feels uh you know I we have about I think it's about six demos that we were working on before. Yeah. That were like solid takes. Yeah, of, yeah, or pretty solid takes. I think we that, actually played through it. Yeah, and they it's they're just really exciting. They're mm-hmm. really fun. They're really dynamic, and they're it's kind of like um, when I was talking with Nat, and it's like um, I'm excited because it feels like we get we're getting more and more. rock and roll and and dynamics and but they're still loon songs like yeah like you know even from like i'm part of it is just the simplicity of how i write stuff um and part of it is i just think it you know i'm kind of good at at this specific thing of like when you listen to don't give up the ship and the ship is sinking you know what I what what Nat and I were talking about, and I think s- still very much with the stuff that's going to be on the ship sails on is if you were to if you were to put distortion and a bunch of like a more rock and roll vibe to don't give up the ship, or if you were to strip everything on the ne- next to down to just more of an acoustic sound like like don't get they yeah. it's all that they they all fit like yeah. they're all they're all very much loon. It all still goes it's together. it's all mm-hmm. loon stuff mm-hmm. and that's um i mean I don't, I don't know that's cool like not everybody gets yeah. to to do that it it's it going back to murder by death it's one of the things that i love about them is um they it's not that they haven't changed they they have in the sense that the you know they've got like eight records now mm-hmm. something like that and they definitely have continued to smooth that stone which is their style but it always sounds like murder by death right like it always feels like murder by death yeah um and even different but it, it still feels like they're trying stuff because you can you can also fall into that like slayer bad religion thing too where like Mm -hmm. if you aren't a slayer fan or a bad religion fan and i just like started playing you songs at random and asked you to tell me you know which ones were on the same records with like like if i took three three blind and i was like two are on the same record one is not tell me which one's on a different record you can't. You you're just probably, can't. Yeah, you know your your seasons in in the abyss versus your your you know rain and blood. So, <laughs> and this is random little side story, but there's always a ton of these in a loot in the pod podcast. Um, so I grew up more listening to Bayside than I did Bad Religion, and then got to see Bad Religion live at uh um. I'm blinking. What's the big festival in Chicago? Riot, Riot Fest. Fest. Got to see them there. And I mean, at this point, they're all probably in their 50s. They and might even be, some of them might dude, even be in their 60s. Like, they're old. The harmonies are still amazing. They're a good band. But, so, I start getting into Bad Religion. And I'm like, man, this sounds really good. And then, like, 
I had created a playlist and Bayside and Bad Religion were both on that playlist. And at one point, and there, I mean, there were other songs too, but at one point, Bad Religion and Bayside played back to back. I'm like, oh my God, Bayside was clearly influenced by Bad Religion. They're just a newer version. What the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just kind of well, struck. Uh, and it's, you know, it's you, cool to find stuff like that. You, you have, um, you have, you know, the, you have Bad Religion and the Smoking Popes. Yeah, like directly birthed your alkaline trios and mm-hmm. your bass sides, you know, like because that was I was more into I was for years and years just ignored bass side because I was like I already have alkaline trio I don't need yeah a, I don't need a bass side I already have an alkaline's trio why do I need stone tempo pilots when I have pearl jam yeah 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 <laughs> and and more importantly why why do I need either when I can listen to Smashing Pumpkins? Like, it's just <laughs> yeah, a per- that's mean, just a personal from me thing from right. back then. Um, it's um, it's just interesting. It's it's just interesting. It's it's one of those things that like music, music musicians and music nerds sit around and wax philosophic and get into debates and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, that's what's cool about art is it all births each other it's all interconnected you know you you don't you don't get a drive-by truckers if you don't all have both a misfits and the you know the ramones and leonard skinner right and neil young you know what i mean like you you need all of these things to to get the next thing. Like, well, and it's I mean it's it like the same on of, each other. You know, you know? Every song's already ever been written, yeah. and yeah, and it has because all it is is we're all just taking the same damn four chords, so there's to speak. O- there's only so many chords. Rewriting there, it. Th- there's a reason that putting our flavor on it. Yeah, there's a there's a reason that um, you know, the really. The re- the really intense musicians amongst us get into that weird shit where they're starting to fuck with atonal and like n- noise stuff, you know. Like the- you don't even have to go all the way into that experimental. Like I thought, mu- I thought you were gonna make some like really jab at me being a bass player and no, how i no, like primus no. because only bass players like primus no i fucking love primus come See, on thank man. you thank I you my father-in-law literally made that comment to me he's like well only bass players like primus Bullshit. i'm like well i mean i get it he's kind of a fucking badass like no, let, he plays that shit and sings at the same time so, i mean you can't help but be impressed like, so like not only woodstock 94 wasn't just the better woodstock because it had like a lot less sexual assault. I mean, a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot yeah, less shit. sexual assault. Yeah. Um, it was just the better Woodstock of the modern Woodstocks, like yeah. um, that, which you can find. You can find the whole Primus show, that fucking Primus mm-hmm. set from Woodstock '94, fucking destroys, just destroys. Uh the 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 primus set and then of course the nine inch nails set the the nine inch nails set from woodstock 94 is fucking mythical i mean it is just trent reznor those guys walking out on stage just at their most the swagger it's an (laughs) intense it's intense like you just watch them walk out on stage and you're just like oh these motherfuckers are gonna burn the stage like they know they're about to burn the stage like they 
they understand that they're about to just destroy everything. And uh, it, it's, it, you know, whereas on the flip side of that, Primus is equally great musicians. Because Les Claypool deserves to be Les Claypool and talked about in Les Claypool terms. Mm-hmm. But the guitar player and the drummer fucking rule too. Yeah. And they also they're but they're like the goofier version, right? And, and they fucking destroyed on their that that set is so oh, good yeah. from Woodstock '94, and they are just, you know, I remember the uh, so the first rock and roll music that I owned personally was um I bought when I was probably fourteen, thirteen or fourteen. Okay. And what I would do is. I would not eat lunch and, and and I would you know try and go a whole week without eating lunch and I would take my lunch money and instead of eating lunch I would save it up and you'd be like fuck you mom I'm buying a rock and roll record I don't it, need that that gets, CCM that Christian contemporary music bullshit in this house uh, first of all my mom didn't even want me to listen to that okay damn yeah yeah, 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 it was a we we compromised on like spirit filled hardcore and like like. So you got to listen to Under Oath, right? Uh, uh, no, because I don't like Under Oath. I know that's the joke. <laughs> that's why I brought it up. <laughs> they, but and they're also I'm too I'm too old for Under Oath. Like that yeah. wasn't what was you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, for but sure. no, but t- good joke. It was a solid joke. It was a solid. It's okay. Nathaniel joke. Um. Uh. But, um, My puns are better. <laughs> but this is a loon podcast, not a dad joke podcast. <laughs> it's fair. Um, so it gets better, right? So the way that I got to buy the the rock and roll music was I skipped out on Wednesday night church because you had that was the mm. that oh, was I the know. time when I was I, I was you know separated from my parents and had to go to youth group, right? Yep. So I just didn't go to youth group. And across the street from, <laughs> across the street from uh, the First Baptist Church at the time, was Concord Mall, and in Concord Mall was a Karma Music. Yeah. And so Karma Music had a used cassette cassette area, so I went over there and I bought three cassettes. I will never forget these, and I and I have all of the, they're all they're all things i have in my like in my digital collection today like i love them all still the first one was nirvana's incesticide okay. it was the first nirvana record i owned full record i had i had had the single for smells like teen spirit before yeah. that and changed my life like fucking incesticide was just so good um the second was the double cassette Woodstock 94. Okay. And it had everything. It's how I learned about Porno for Pyros. It's how I learned about Primus. It's how I learned about Blues Traveler. It's how I learned about the Cranberries. It's how I learned about tons of bands. Live was on there. Like, just fucking great. It's a great cassette. And then the third one was a band that I didn't know at all. But it was the most evil thing that they had, looking thing they had in the cassette, used cassette area. And so I decided I must own it because it looked so evil. 
and so scary. And fuck you, mom. It was uh, well, not not. not everyone like I, yeah. my my fuck you wasn't limited to one or three or five people it was it was just i didn't care <laughs> uh it was white zombies astro creep 2000 oh my gosh and that it's on that's honestly a, a pretty solid record to be honest it's and a fucking great record i'm not a big rob zombie fan like i it, it's good it's not bad like i just i never really got into it and i will say this so amazing live show i also saw him at riot fest same night oh yeah or, right uh, on. yeah oh yeah same he, time he knows, i saw he knows bad how religion. to put on a show yeah, yeah. great you know so i think that's his, album, i think that's his favorite part of i think the only reason he ever records records is to justify going out and putting on shows like putting he, all the money he, into the stage props yeah, yeah. And, he, i mean he, lo- he loves great. it so um blasco uh who was his guitar player um yeah for a long time uh, Blasco and Riggs, which used to be in Power Man Five Thousand with his little brother's band, um, when they when they he snaked them and they came over and did Hellbilly Deluxe, like they were the mm-hmm. the guitar players for that record. And um, I'll never forget reading an interview where Bla- Blasco was talking about he, they had these Fernandezes made that were hollow, like they were acrylic with hollow centers, and they had these. Um, trap door sections that like a button thing on them and so they would fill them up with blood and then at different times in the show they would they would you know dramatically lift them above them and pre- like when blood would pour down from the guitar and he, he was great. talking about how you know it's cool it's part of the show but then it also it's interesting how it changes the sound of the instrument because it, oh, as, yeah. as it loses density throughout right. the, the night it changes the the vibe of the instrument god i wonder I wonder if it's like something that you only notice it as a musician or like I, if yeah, you I don't know. You know, I would have loved to have seen that yeah. live just to know like can my ear pick that out or is that just you notice that cuz yeah. as a person who plays a stringed instrument that would be a bitch. Yeah. Cuz well, I get, spend get, hours get, dialing in my shit <laughs> and to have that happen. Oh god. Uh, so it gets worse, right? So he tells us the the story. He's like, so the way that they do it is, um, before each show, they would send a roadie out to a butcher shop in town. Wait, so it's it's real blood? Yeah, and they would get like pig's blood from like a butcher shop. What the fuck? And he said one time they forgot to clean out the blood between shows. Oh no! <laughs> so it was it was old blood. Oh, that had not like that had sat. In yeah, a in so a it's, truck it's in a nice cab, and, thick and and he said that he, he he in the middle of the set put brings the guitar over his head, you know, and dramatically like you know dumps it on his face and then like has a, it's in his mouth and he says he the second it touches his tongue he instantaneously starts projectile oh, vomiting no. everywhere. I mean that just plays into it, right? Yeah, oh of course. Yeah. I'm sure that was somebody's the greatest show they'd ever oh, seen. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. And then the guitar player just started. Puking on. everywhere. Anyways, yeah. Oh, so yeah, I uh, I I love that. Like I love I love Primus. All that to go back to. I love Primus. Yeah, love them. I don't even know how we got here. I don't either. It's amazing. I don't know how I'm we get so I'm so happy. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's it's interesting. Part of one of the things I wanted to bring up tonight was kind of some of my own childhood trauma and stuff that I've dealt with, and like going through the whole entire like 
you know, kind of evangelical music scene type deal. And, you know, how my parents were shit like that, just stuff I've dealt with and stuff that I've realized as I've gotten older and all this. But honestly, the more I think about it, I'm like, man, what's, you know, especially cause I know other people have talked about it as well. And I relate to both Kyle and Nat's story. I mean, I don't know how many of the listeners would actually know this, but like the reason I know Nat and got pulled back into the music scene locally was because I met him when I was 13 years old. He was an intern as a youth leader. You know, he literally kind of to a point taught me how to play guitar um, because we were on a worship band together, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But all that to say, like rather rather than talking about what, happened in the past i'd almost rather focus more on like places like the well and the the krishna den and how our music scene has changed and how there's still and i feel like there's small little glimpses at this point i mean the well's been around for a long time but you know until sites started doing his thing with the krishna den it was really the only all ages venue i know smith's had all ages shows but they were kind of a joke and um um, not my favorite place. Well, yeah, some people, not mine some, either. Some people really like it, and that's cool. I mean, I got to see Murder by Death play there. That was fun. Yeah. We've played there a few times. Yeah. I've played there separately I, a few times, but it... I mainly just... Not only do I dislike playing there because I wasn't a big fan of the venue in general, but as a bass player with large cabs going up, <laughs> yeah, you know, stair. almost three flight of stairs yeah, is yeah. just miserable. Yeah, yeah. Um. But no, I mean, I feel like there, and it's it's a weird scenario because I definitely feel like there's all these people for years that have been saying, man, I wish there were all ages venues, blah, blah, blah. And then there's guys like me, you, Pat, Nat, and Scythe that have all been like, well, the well's there. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're sleeping on this stuff, bro. Like, oh, it's just because you can't bring drugs and alcohol. Well, yeah, you can't, you know, it's not where it belongs. But I feel like with what Scythe is doing and then what the Wells, you know, going to be getting back to with what they were doing, I I feel like we're definitely starting to hopefully kind of come back to it being more of an all ages thing because growing up through that period of trauma and all that. And, you know, Kyle talked about it in the last episode too of, I don't know what I would have done if it wasn't for all those small little pop-up, you know, christian so to speak venues where they just let us kids have shows you know it provided a safe place and i think there's that generation that went through that is now we're at a point where we're like man we need that again we need that for today's youth especially with all the kyle rittenhauser type bullshit that's going on you know we we do need to give up our privilege and create that safe space for these kids because they don't have it sometimes even at home i and i think i think for me what what was um probably in this last wave of shows before covid what really kind of clicked for me too is that is that i i personally do not care what group philosophy religion whatever whatever stuff is at 
behind the well. Like, and that is not to say that I don't care about those people. It's it's too well, so it, it's too specifically come back around to what I realized is, is that the the pe- the the well has become a place. Yeah, that is trying to be a safe and inclusive space, yep. not. Not just for all ages, but specifically for all genders mm-hmm. and all sexualities and all races, and the, and is going out of their way to communicate that to the community that it, yeah. that you are safe here. Like so, we, we are going to be a place where you're going to be treated with respect and love, and like those. And, and when I say like, I'm not picking on the. I'm saying like that's more important. To me, Absolutely. that's that's the important thing. Like, like, well, and that's what's that's the important thing to them too. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's come across. And for somebody yeah. who came from toxic Protestant Christianity, Same. to see that is like that's that's why I I fucking go there and help mm-hmm. clean shit up and and do stuff because. Obviously, my my religious philosophy is different than theirs, but but we agree on all the important. In my opinion, we agree on, and I think on in. I don't want to speak for everybody attached to the well, but I think they would. You know, from what I can tell, all of them would agree too. We agree on all the important stuff, like yeah. all the you know. We can all debate or have opinions on what happens when we die, but well, like, so- but we all agree on how we should should conduct ourselves. Till we get there. Uh, a little little story time about the well, and I'm sure you probably know this, but this is also for the listeners. Um, so the well originally started as a, a, a church plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, you know, kind of, they got the warehouse section and started meeting there and just kind of ran, co- ran the coffee house as the coffee house and kind of kept it separate. And they've done that ever since and i mean that's that's the great thing is they're hey we're a church that meets here but we also want to be a safe environment for for everyone Mm -hmm. and you know the the one kind of thing that i will go into about like my own trauma and the way i was growing up was you know whether or not it was okay to be gay and being gay was a a sin growing up Mm -hmm. like that's what i was told that's what i was taught and i was also you know, I was also taught by my parents at the same time, Hey, you need to love everybody. And, and when, and I'm, I'm still wholeheartedly a Christian to this day, but I also don't really, I don't align with the church at all. And that's because in my opinion, the church isn't aligned with, with God at all. You know, they're, and I, obviously there's always exceptions to the rule. Like I'm not going to throw everyone underneath that belt. Um, but the thing is, is people don't just love nowadays. And when you look at most, most religions, that's kind of the whole point behind it is, hey, give a shit about the guy next to you or the girl next to you or the they next to you, you and know? The reason that, in, in, and I'm sure a lot of people have noticed, but like since I've started the pod, um... I always say religions are philosophies and I always say yeah. them together because I think I think I agree and I think that that even if you don't have a religion that you prescribe to you probably have a philosophy even mm-hmm. if you don't have a you have like a moral code you have something and and when you overlap the important parts of all of those I think there's stuff that we can all agree yeah across the board we all want to be loved 
at the end of the day we all want that and so i think it's it's as natural as it is to be selfish it's also a natural thing to want to show somebody love because we want love you know i think i think you i think that is you just you've just knocked it out of the park that's exactly it we want to love and we want to be loved we the things that alienate us the things that make us feel scared the things that make us feel hurt the things that that make us feel lonely are usually a lack of feeling loved now there are tons of things that can be what's keeping you from feeling that love yeah it can be societal things like what we've kind of touched on of uh, a white supremacist um, puritanical Christian society that decided that your skin color or your sexuality or gender isn't okay. Or it can be trauma that keep, that doesn't allow you to let people in. You know, that's something that I personally struggle with quite a bit. Yeah. There are lots of things that can keep you from feeling and and giving that love. But at the end of the day, yeah, humanity is a group thing. Like like we are we are group animals. We are social animals. We want to feel connected. We want to feel together. We want to feel the cat just wants to feel love. Oh, Kim is Kim is such she is she is just such a a I love her so much and she is uh, so like you know I I I talk about my my dogs that I've had and have and I talk about my my cats that I have had and have in very different ways because I've always felt like the cat like I almost see cats as like people like they yeah. almost they all they almost have human ish kind of like vibes yeah, and connections whereas dogs will just like once they attach to you once they love you they're just they for the most part just do this thing that we as humans and uh, felines yeah. I, I have a hard time doing which is just like no holds barred all walls down unashamed love like i love you i love you i love yep. you like um, and Kim, Kim is just so jealous all the time and she's just <laughs> mad because the door is shut. She doesn't even necessarily want to be in here. If that door is open, there's a good chance she wouldn't be in here. Yeah. But because that door is shut, she has to keep screaming out there because fuck us. Fuck us for shutting she's that got door. Opinion. <laughs> oh. But yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's really hard. It's really, it's hard to be vulnerable it is hard to give because when you give there's always a chance that you're not going to get Mm -hmm. well and that's the thing too is choosing to love somebody is is harder way harder than choosing to have pretty much any other feeling towards them well it's i agree and i and i and it's not even that i disagree it's that uh it's not that it's not that hating or or closing people off is easier. It's that it's um 
I guess choosing to love is more of a conscious choice it, than what choosing it, to. It, yeah, it's it's that it's that it's that is. that instinct to close ourselves off is so primal. Yeah. Because the second that we feel vulnerable, protection. Yeah, there's a part of like if we feel hurt, and if you've been hurt enough, you know, I the way I describe it is, is that for me personally. What I've had to learn about myself, and I'm still learning, and I'm uh, have have lots of complicated um, prob- issues with because it it is so hard. Is that um, it is it, it's I my abuse started so young, mm-hmm. and was done f- for me by people that like. Your parents are supposed to be the people that you can trust and love implicitly. Right. Even even if you have problems with them, even if there's growing pains, even if there's those kind of issues. Your parents are your parents. And and especially when you're at those very, very young years, they're they're your whole world. Um I know it from the crow. I'm pretty sure it's from something else. But I know it from the crow, which is mother is the word for God on the lips of all children. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's just what you know. And so if you are hurt by that, those people, it fucks your shit up real, yeah. real good. And for me, I you know, my abuse was all pre-puberty into post-puberty so it's just all my informative years and that is i and i don't now i don't use that as an excuse for any of the shitty things that i did or said or thought or or acted when i was in my teens and in my 20s and in my 30s um but i've i've had to and continue to try to come to grips with the fact that that um part of the reason that I did do all of that bullshit was because I was fucking just ripped apart as a kid right. and didn't get to have a childhood and didn't get to feel any kind of protection or or love like that and then uh you know you throw on top of that um as I've talked about, you know, a church that is also cold. I mean, it's just all that to say that even now at 41, being able to acknowledge and address those things, I still have a very hard time with um, vulnerability. Yeah. Because all of my formative years, when you can learn to be... um, or have it reinforced to be a vulnerable, healthy person. Uh, I didn't get any of those. Uh, I learned. Uh, I learned to be have my head on a swivel, and I learned how to uh, uh, be aggro as a protective thing. Like I, I became a punk because. You know, the scarier I look, the more of a chance that the world will leave me alone. Yeah. And that's all I wanted to do was be left alone. So I'm going to dye my hair purple and I'm going to put 
chains on my wallet and I'm going to put spikes on my bracelets and I'm going to, I'm just going to make myself look like in Northern Indiana, like the scariest fucking thing that I can, but I'm just, a underneath all that, I'm just a very sad, scared, hurt kid. And there's, there's still a part of that that just lives inside of me that, that, um, you know, I'm trying to, he and I are trying to talk, we're trying to work it out, you know, one day at a time, one conversation at a time, one loon record at a time, <laughs> you know, trying to figure it all out. And it's, um, you know, it's why, that's why I, you know, I appreciate you and Patrick so much because, um, loon like you guys don't have to be in Loon. Right. But I don't feel like I have any choice but to do Loon. So the fact that people are helping me do this thing that like I don't I don't know how to not do it so is is important to me. I had a really interesting thought earlier today. Um and I know I've referenced, you know, the last episode a couple times and I definitely suggest people go listen to it cuz it's it's honestly probably one of my favorite episodes so far. Um, the one with Kyle, but I, while I was listening to it, I kind of had the thought about Loon and just how, when I think of Loon, I don't think of Nathaniel South. I think of, I think of Loon. That's all. It's just like Loon has become its own and you, you're the one that carries the torch. You know, it definitely, it's, you know, it's, it's what you've developed it's what you've put your time and effort into and like and and i thank you for that um because it's now in my eyes it's turned into something that especially and through this podcast especially i think as you keep going it'll keep developing um it's turned into something that i feel like loon belongs to everybody Hmm. we all especially with this we all get to talk about our traumas through loon it's not just uh oh yeah that's nathaniel's band no that's that's my band that's your band that's that's our band that's our podcast you know it's it's a place where we know we feel safe sitting in our small bedroom with south and i can talk about you know the things that to this day i can't talk about my parents with um, I can, I can let those things go and have that safe, vulnerable space because Loon, the band has provided that for me. And when I say Loon, the band, I don't, I don't mean just you. I don't mean me and Patrick. I mean, just Loon, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just a thought that I had earlier today that it's, it's almost started to become something more than just a band. Um, it's, it's become a place where people can find security and a safe spot to be. And I think it's been that way for a long time. And I think that's why people gravitate towards the songs and towards, you know, the things that you've spoke about, um, is because you've learned to be vulnerable with yourself and people see that and they go, Hey, if he, if he, if I can see him do that 
and do it in such an open manner, maybe I can too. You know, maybe I can deal with my own shit, my own trauma, and I can move on from it. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I I appreciate that. And um, that was always my thought. Like the like it it was an unconscious thought to begin with, and then it became a very conscious thought of like if I just keep digging into myself and singing about the most honest stuff that I can that 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 will connect with people because we're all. In that honesty, we can all find a connection. And I just know that the there were a lot of bands when I was younger that meant a lot to me and got me through dark shit because they sang about honest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that it, it's. I it it feels it feels good to hear that and it and it's also just makes me want to keep going you know yeah. like um so part of part of what brought that thought process up too was you know obviously the the whole idea behind you starting this podcast was the fact that don't give up the ship is is 10 years old and you're like, hey, I want to talk about this record. Like, let's let's start a podcast for this. And every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, man, but when are we going to talk about the record? <laughs> you know, because that happens a lot. But here's the thing. Every time somebody talks about their trauma or something they've gone through, we're talking about the record. Yeah. Because that's what this record yeah. is. It's don't give up the ship is talking about your shit, man. Talking about the struggles, the the heartache of what you've been through and who you are and how you've dealt with it. Um, I mean, when you live in pretty much, you know, the middle of bumfuck nowhere, what do you else are you going to do besides try and drink yourself to death? You know, and, and you know it's not healthy, but you do it anyways, and eventually you grow out of that ideally. You know, and unfortunately there's people that don't, and it's because that trauma is hard to deal with. It's always hard to deal with. But so every time we talk about that, we're talking about don't give up the ship. We're talking about at it again. We're talking about round by round. You know, we're talking about time moves on every single time. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, for some reason, listen, listening to you talk about that. I started thinking about, um, two two songs specifically for whatever reason and and we're we're pushing the hour and a half mark so we'll probably use this a good enough as any time to kind of crank down but um i'll i'll kind of tell you a couple things because you you know you weren't there and and um a lot of people either have maybe didn't catch it or or and some a lot of people probably don't know it but um the, the, we'll talk about the two last full songs on each record. 
So don't give up the ship ends with falling off the wagon. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that song right before we recorded that record. And I will never forget recording it for for a few reasons one um so the the first record that we recorded um no one wants to sleep alone my vocals are fucking terrible i had a cold and and i like we instead of like we didn't know what we were doing they didn't turn out great it took me forever to record them it was just bad so Josh and Chad, who who had been there for that record, were both a little. I wonder how South's vocals are going to go on this one. Yeah. Um, and they went good. They were they were they were yeah. they were good. They were good vocals. Uh, and then pushing the limits of what everybody thought I could do that week, that we recorded that, and then said, you know what? I think I kind of wanted play falling off the wagon and singing at the same time. And Chad and Josh almost immediately, I don't think, I don't, I can't remember if Paul had a, had a specific opinion on it, but I remember Chad and Josh both kind of gently, Chad being Chad, maybe not as gently even being like, (laughs) I don't know if that's, I mean, there's a reason that you can record the guitar and then record the vocals. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, man, like it's a, it's a rough song. I just I don't know. I feel like it would add to it if I just played it yeah, and sang it at the same same, I mean, the same whole, time. The whole entire last spaceships album, we recorded it live, and there's just there's an aspect to it that you don't get when you record yeah, things yeah. separate. So I I sing it, I record it, and it took like four or five takes, and that's not because I wasn't getting it. It's because I kept breaking down in the middle of it, just yeah. bawling, just bawling, and um. The song is about being at a bar, flirting with somebody, and knowing that they aren't into you, um, and then watching them not be into you, and then going home alone, and them going all with somebody else. And it's sad. Yeah. It's not anything that directly happened to me. It's not about any specific person. It is 100% a story I made up to describe how I felt inside. And it is one of the single hardest things I've ever recorded. Because it's also one of the most aggressively honest things I've ever written about how I felt inside. Which is weird because, once again, it's a completely made up story. So the actual details never happened. Right the the feeling behind them um was incredibly hard and you can still hear it like if you yeah listen to it tonight you you can you can hear it there's a there's a couple parts where i i start to crack a little bit so i actually i listened to it earlier today and i almost i didn't think it was you at first like I had to, I had to kind of re-listen to it because I thought, well, maybe does Chad like sing this song or? And it, it was no, that's South, but I mean, you can you can definitely hear it. Uh, and then 
that made me then thinking about that just now made me then think about the last song that I record that I wrote that didn't make it on to "Don't Give Up the Ship." That became the last song, full band song that we recorded for "The Ship Is Sinking," which is "Dead Ends." Mm-hmm. I wrote that about my friend Chris Newman, who who owned Point Blank, and wasn't a one hundred percent good dude but he was a friend um and that's the second hardest thing i've ever recorded live uh, in in my time of recording stuff um and and i don't know that's kind of like you know it kind of just seemed like a time to tell that story of like it almost was on don't give up the ship but we didn't have we didn't feel like we had time because we recorded all of Don't Give Up the Ship in three days. Dang. And, um, you know, it's uh, goes back to that idea of, like, even though the style flipped in some ways so hard on the second record, or on, on The Ship is Sinking, to me, they're all, it's all, they're all still connected. They're all still united in each other and both of those songs are so aggressively dead ends the choruses um uh, um i can't even it, but it, it's it's uh i'll be the i'll be the guy drunk all night trying to hide in plain sight you know and falling off the wagon is just all about you know uh you you promise yourself you're not going to do the the terrible unhealthy coping mechanisms that you said you that, that you've been doing and then you get real sad and you're like fuck it yeah <laughs> you know like uh, I'm gonna drink something or eat something or do something you know and um, I I think if there if people connect to Loon and if Loon is is a thing that that people it's that it's it's that it's the, it's for better or worse we're we're the band around here that says some real shit in some real blunt ways without yeah. a lot of um frilly words and allegories not and i fucking love frilly words and allegories (laughs) i've just never been good at them and i think that there is i think i'm learning to accept the fact that that that's important too and you know maybe one day maybe maybe that's when i'll know to end this pod i will wake up one day and go no i i feel like a worthy musician wow i didn't know i could get here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, um, this isn't great. I, I don't, I'm no, I'm, we've got, we're going to talk more and more. Uh, uh, we didn't get to, there, there's so many more things we could talk about and, and, and we will, we will keep talking. So thank you for coming over. Yeah. That's great. Thank you all for listening. I love you. I love you. Brett loves you. Loon loves you. Absolutely. I mean, two thirds of us are here, so right. we can we can take a vote right now. And I, yeah. I I think we both know Patrick well enough. He would say the same. Uh, um, be uh, be pro black, 
be pro-brown, be anti-racist, be anti-fascist, be pro-trans, pro-queer, love the people around you, love your community, stand up to the racists, stand up to the fascists, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Love you guys.